0: I'm back. I am. I'm so sorry. It's been a couple weeks. I think it's been three or four since I've actually posted an episode. Just had a lot of homework going on one week. So then there was just some scheduling conflicts. The other just like some miscommunication. So like the studio wasn't available. And one day it didn't get unlocked. And so there's just been a lot going on. So long story short, I haven't posted an episode a few weeks. In a few weeks. Um. But I'm back in the saddle today. This is true. I'm Isaiah Sanders. Let's talk about it. I mean, there's a lot that's gone on the last few weeks in the college football world. Um, a lot going on, just in the football world in general. Um, my fantasy team, you know, it's getting ready to go on a run. I can just, I can just feel it. We're two and four. Um, not good. Tenth place out of 12 teams so far but let me tell you anybody that's in my fantasy league that's listening to this y'all are in trouble we're getting ready to go on a run i can feel we got our second win of the season last week um and it was a statement win we were projected to lose and then all of the waiver wire players that i've added over the last few weeks they hit boom and they scored like 50 between the three of them and we just we rolled on to a twenty point victory, Um and the rest of the season, I mean, we're rolling. We're rolling at this point. We're down to our third string quarterback right now because Anthony Richardson is hurt and Dak Prescott is on buy, so we're down to our third string. Um, we're, we're doing we're doing great. Um Down to our second string running back because Nick Chubb is hurt. I mean, but it's okay. It's okay. We're we're balling. Get fixing to go on a run. We're going to win the division. We're 2-4 and four right now. Going to finish the regular season 10-4. and four. I can feel it now. Putting the league on notice. Um, but enough about that. Let's talk about college football. Had to brag for a minute about my league, my team. But uh, let's talk about it. You know what? I'm going to start off by saying I was right. Last time we were on this show... I was I, I've talked every week on this show about how I did wasn't buying in to all of the Deion Sanders Colorado Buffaloes hype. I was like, it's gonna come to a screaming halt. And you know, everybody's like, they're four and zero. I'm buying in. I'm on the train. I'm like, I'm not sure. Pump the brakes. Sure enough, now they've lost three games. They're ninth in the Pac twelve. Ninth. I mean, they started off with just an, just absolute slacking by Oregon a few weeks ago. Forty-two to six was not close. Colorado. If you watch that game, it was it was further. I don't know. Forty-two to six is a huge deficit, but it was more than that. The deficit was more than that. Like Colorado, I mean, Colorado could have lost by a hundred in that game. Oregon was pumping the brakes near the end, just trying to run out the clock. They could have won this game a hundred to nothing if they really wanted to. And then they went and they played USC, and the game was not as close as the final score shows. I mean, the, the final score was forty-eight to forty-one, but most of those points came in the second half for Colorado they I mean, they they scored third they, they 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 only scored 14 points in the first half and they scored everything else in the second half whereas USC on the other hand only scored 14 in the second half because they were just trying to run out the clock and we all know USC doesn't have a defense they don't play a defense. We'll talk about that later in the show today. They don't play defense. They only play one side of the ball. This is a Lincoln-Riley-led team. We know that. They only play one side of the ball. So, And then they squeaked out a win that they should have lost against Arizona State. They just played down the Arizona State is not a good team Colorado almost let them win and then you know what they're riding high they've got that win you know what we lost to USC we lost Oregon we're a year away though you know they're they're top 10 top 15 teams Uh, we, 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 we had a bad win but we won well at least we've got Stanford this week they're an easy win right They've only got one win so far. They're terrible. One of the worst teams in the Power Five. They were good a few years ago, but they've gone downhill. Um, That's an easy win. And, you know, the first half of that game, it was. I mean, Colorado's riding high. They're dealing 29 to nothing at halftime. The game was over. I'll be honest. Me and myself... I went to bed. I was watching that game. I was like, you know, Friday night, late night, Friday night. I was watching the game twenty-nine to nothing. I was like, you know, I am a Colorado hater. They say, but this isn't even close. I went to bed, and then Colorado goes out in the second half, goes out on the fifty-yard line, and just lays an absolute egg. Just they can't couldn't play football. Forty, and they lose forty-six to forty-three. Did they score some in the second half? Yes, but I mean, what are they doing? They, I mean, they're going for it on fourth down in the second half, or early in the second half when they don't have to. I mean, they're just they're they're taking sacks on fourth. you can't if you're Shadur Sanders, you cannot take a sack on a fourth down play like he did. I mean, like throw it away throw it throw it deep and inter- you, you the one thing you can't do is take a sack and lose yards on a fourth down play if you t- throw throw it deep and get even if they pick it off it's a punt throw it short if they pick it off it's a short punt what you can't do is take a sack and lose yards on the fourth down play but it was just horrible game management by Colorado all in all just bad coaching from Dion's standpoint I mean you're up 29 points you don't need to be you shouldn't be playing the game the same way that you played it in the first half. In the if you're up twenty nine nothing, your game plan changes somewhat. You're not focusing on winning by an X You're not focusing on winning by a huge margins. You just need to be focused on winning. And Colorado just crumbled. I, th- I think they're like I've said, they're a couple years away. They don't have the personnel. They're getting cocky. They're playing cocky. Um, it and it's it's starting to show um and honestly I'm, I'm glad that it happened to him i'm hoping that this this is kind of a wake-up call and a reflection for him because i don't want to see him fail I, I have i've said that from the beginning i don't want to see him fail but i i i don't I, I don't like this this attitude that colorado has and I, i'm glad that it happened um the, the real question started are they going to be bowl eligible are they gonna get but they have a lot of hard games ahead? I mean they they're gonna be fighting to get to six wins if you ask me. But we'll see. That's another topic for another week. Let's move on. Um Georgia Vanderbilt. You know I gotta talk about it. I know it was Vandy, but some important some important things happened this week. Um This game was not as close as the score shows. I mean it was thirty seven to twenty Georgia dominated that game. Listen to all the Georgia fan out there. Our defense is not as good as it is in years past. We are giving up points. So the fact that Vanderbilt scored early, scored first, we were losing. It was not a close game. Georgia dominated in every aspect of the game, but we just don't have as dominant of a defense this year for some reason. Just and so that that's not necessarily a knock on the team, but we we these games aren't they're closer than they were would have been a couple last year the year before year before that but not because georgia's a terrible team or not as good of a team we just don't have as good of a defense in that aspect of it's not gonna it's not holding teams to three points six points as it did in the last couple of years We're. In the in the 20 to 20 25 range is what we're holding teams to, which is still great obviously I I would rather we have a defense that holds teams to three six ten, under 10 points but that it's realistically you're not going to have that every year and and so Georgia dominated this game but there was the big the big injury Brock Vanagriff Brock, why does that Brock Vanagriff Brock Bowers Vandegrift's my boy. I talked about Vandegrift a lot. Brock Bowers went down. Some sort of ankle injury. um, Had surgery on it on Sunday, I believe it was Sunday or Monday. Out for who knows? uh, Kirby Smart saying he doesn't really have a timeline for it i've heard four to six weeks the real question in my mind is does he come back because think about it if you're brock vandegrift why do i keep saying that brock bowers if you're brock bowers um and you come back you're you you can come back in the sec championship game or something or we we week 12 against georgia tech or something like that and you can come back newly recovered all right let's be honest folks he's leaving after this year rob bowers is gone after this year he's going to the nfl and that's great i'm not complaining he should he is one of the greatest tight ends of in college football history he should go to he's going to be a first round pick he's going to make a lot of money in the nfl he's going to be very successful in the nfl and because of that if you're him do you come back to play in the SEC Championship, assuming Georgia makes it there, I'm assuming at this point they are, uh, SEC Championship, potential bowl game, New Year's Six Bowl, playoff berths, that, that sort of thing. Do you come back for that if you're him right off of an injury with the potential to be injured again when you know you're leaving for the NFL here after this season it's a risk reward thing as a a fan i want him to come back as a fan i would love for him to come back um but just like uh, from from the purely like risk reward factor is it in his best interest to come back i don't know what i don't know where brock bowers falls on that like is he a georgia diehard like i want to play for my team or is he going to look out more for his self-interest in this case? And in this particular case, I don't think he is bad. I like for players to play bowl games, but I don't think it is necessarily a knock on him to not play in a bowl game or late in the season. or if Because he's coming off of an injury and because he's leaving after this year, I'm not, not sure that it would be the worst move in the world. Now, as a Georgia fan, I, I, I think that it hurts our chances of winning significantly if he doesn't come back. And I think... From what I've seen of Brock Bowers, even though he's not a Georgia kid, um, he's from like the Napa Valley area. He, he he seems extremely like loyal and like loves playing for the University of Georgia. So if I had to guess, if he can come back, he will. Um, but I've heard a lot of people saying that he shouldn't. I just kind of want to give my kind of wanted to give my thoughts on it. Um, I hope he does, um, but I would not be shocked if he didn't um, at all. Uh, let's move on. A couple other interesting games this year, um, this week. Uh, Oregon, Washington. Um, I did not watch this game. Uh, it was, it was just the way my schedule worked out this weekend. wasn't able to watch that one. Um, watched some highlights. Seen a lot of people talking about it. It appeared to be a great game. Um, there was some clock management issues with Dan Lanning at the end of uh, at the end of the game for Oregon that I think. Just watching it could have potentially cost Oregon the game. Just they they should have went for it on a fourth down a couple of times. I, I, I here's the thing, they're both extremely good teams. I mean, you see Oregon lost and they're still in the top ten, um, because it was such a good game. So you can't really knock. Knock Oregon. This was a game down to the wire. I'm nitpicking to find something bad to say about either of these teams because it was such a good game, such a close game. No team played bad. I just, there was some clock stuff at the end with Dan Lanning that I think could have made a difference, but overall, just a phenomenal game. These, I know early in this season, I I said that Utah was my pick for the Pac-12. Pending Cam Rising's return, Cam Rising has not um, has not played yet this season for them. That's the quarterback for Utah, and or I mean Utah, Utah can't score points because I don't know. I've never seen an offense take that big of a nosedive like that. They just can't score points, and so because of that, I'm I'm revising my pick of utah because it's so late in the year now they already have one or two losses utah does i i, I don't see them being able to run the table against washington oregon usc all all I, I don't see them being able to run the table like that um and so because of that they're not going to win the pac-12 and I, I have them as like winning the pac-12 i think i said that i could see them making the playoffs if they had cam rising and were playing well but the, that's not happening this year it's going to be Washington or Oregon. It's, I think that we're going to see this game again probably in December um, in the Pac-12 championship game. Um, and I think the winner of that has a chance at a playoff spot. Washington, if they win the rematch, rematch is a um, – is a definite. They'll be unde- if they're if they're undefeated and they beat Oregon again. That's an undefeated Power Five champion. They are definitely in Oregon. If if they come in with only the one loss to Washington in the regular season and then beat Washington again, I think they're pretty much a lock. Um, the only way I see them not making it if there is if there's four other undefeated Power Five champions. Um, I highly doubt that's going to happen. I think one of the other conferences will have a have a loss that they will have a loss and in that case i think oregon wins that like head-to-head matchup of like who is the better who is the best team of the for that final spot i would think it would be oregon in that scenario but i think one of these teams ends up winning the pack 12 this year usc just can't play Defense and I, I they, they, their schedule is backloaded. They had, they got off to a hot start, but they, their schedule, the last few weeks of the year, is just they play Oregon, they play, play Washington. It's just going to be. I think they play UCLA. Like they have a lot of just they play Utah. They have a lot of difficult games, and will go. That, that kind of leads into the next game I want to talk about. They already have their one, have one loss against Notre Dame. They earned that this weekend. Went on the road to South Bend and they took a loss. Um, this game was not close. I was surprised. I was talking with my dad this week, like before the game, that I was like, "I think Notre Dame could win this game," and he he was he. He wasn't too happy because he doesn't like Southern Cal, but he does, He really doesn't – he just doesn't like Notre Dame. So he's, he, he was like, oh, well, I, I hope not. And I was like, well – and he's like, USC's offense. And I was like, but they, they don't play defense. Notre Dame does play defense, and it's going to be cold weather. And I just didn't think that those Southern Cal boys they're, – they're, they. I just – I wasn't sure that – the combination of having to travel, playing in some cold weather against a team that does play defense, even though Notre Dame's offense has been sputtering the last few weeks, even though that happened, I just wasn't sure that USC was going to be able to go blow for blow with them. And sure enough, they got there. The offense struggled this for one of the first times this season. The offense struggled. Caleb Williams pretty much had his first bad game of his career and Notre Dame was able to capitalize that and their offense got going Sam Hartman has the best beard in football right now this season um, best beard best, best best beard best hair we've seen I think probably since Trevor Lawrence a couple years ago um, but no he, he he their offense got rolling and I mean held Caleb Williams to under 200 yards passing I had three interceptions it, 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 this backs USC against the wall. Notre Dame's season is already over, like in the aspect of they're they're not going to the playoffs. Obviously, they can't win a conference because they're not in one. But they can't make for Notre Dame to have any shot at making the playoffs. They have in the four team format. They have to go twelve and zero. They obviously can't go 12-0. They already have two losses. So th- their season is over from that aspect. That, but they still have a good chance at a New year 6, I think, potentially, if they can run the table. And But the, what they were able to do was really back USC into a corner because USC cannot afford to have any more losses and make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs anyway. Um, but... They can't, definitely can't because this is a bad loss. It's different than the Oregon-Washington loss. This is a bad loss, but a one-loss Pac-12 championship Pac-12 champion with a bad loss like this, I, I'm not sure that that's gonna that they're gonna be able to make that. But now they don't. They have zero room for error. They have zero uh, USC has zero room for error because a two-loss team is definitely not making the playoffs. Definitely not. So they have zero margin for error. They they cannot lose another game, which means they have to run the table against all of these really good Pac-12 teams that I've already talked about, and I just don't think that's possible. So Notre Dame, while their championship hopes may be over, they were also able to just absolutely back USC into a corner and pretty much break their dreams too because I think USC already knew they weren't going to run the table against all these Pac-12 teams but their only shot was to beat everybody else and only take one loss in Pac-12 play but now they've taken a loss outside of Pac-12 play and I think that's going to come back to bite USC in the end Um, let's talk about uh, a couple other games here Um, Alabama, Arkansas, I, I don't know what to make of Alabama. They're obviously, like I said, they're not the same t- Alabama team that we've seen in years past, and they keep having these close losses, I mean close wins, but but they're not losses. That's the thing. That, that's what I'm trying to say. They, they, they have these close wins, but they're not losses, and even though they're ugly wins, they're still wins, and that's got to count for something. Um, they only got they've got the they've got the one loss to Texas, um, but they're they're undefeated right now in SEC play. They're ranked 11. I and looking at the rest of the SEC West, I don't see a team that's going to beat them. They already beat Ole Miss. I don't think that LSU is going to be able to beat them. They just beat Arkansas, which Arkansas is not very good, but they always give. Alabama will run for the money as they did this Saturday, and I just I don't see it. I don't see Alabama taking another loss this regular season. I mean, they got the Iron Bowl, but Auburn's rebuilding this year. That's not they're not going to lose that game. So I think Alabama's going to win their division, and when they make it to the they make it to the SEC championship. Anything can happen. I mean, when Alabama makes it to an SEC championship game, anything can happen. Obviously, I think it's going to be Georgia, it representing the East, and I like Georgia to win that game. But you're t- if you told me that Nick Saban beat Kirby Smart in the SEC championship, I wouldn't be like mind blown. So I feel like I know we've talked about how Alabama's not the same Alabama. I don't see it being impossible for Alabama to make the playoffs this year. Now I I don't think that'll happen. I do think that they lose I don't think they win the SEC. They have to win the SEC this year with only this one loss to Texas to make the playoffs. I don't I don't think that will happen, but it's not out of the it's not out of the question and, and early in the season it kind of looked like Alabama was like veering towards like falling off a cliff, and as the season progressed, it doesn't look like they're falling off a cliff. It looks like they're maybe just kind of walking downhill a little bit and are, and are potentially going to be walking back up that hill on the other side in the next year. And so the, the, as an, if you're an Alabama fan, this is a good thing because you're seeing that your team isn't crashing and burning. They're just maybe taking a little bit of a dip this year, and this little dip looks like it's going to be second place in the SEC, losing to potentially, not saying this is going to happen, losing to the defending two-time national champion. Um, so, that if, if that's a down year, I'm totally okay with that if I'm an Alabama fan. With a shot of the playoffs on the line, of course, this is what they could potentially have. Um, but, yeah. And one other game I want to talk about real quick. Um, North Carolina-Miami. Um, man, my, what happened to Miami? What happened? I mean, first we had... I guess we, I haven't talked about this game because I haven't done a podcast in a couple. We had Georgia Tech versus Miami. One of the craziest comeback wins. Horrible clock management by Mario Cristobal. Just horrible. I was actually, now, obviously, I'm a Georgia Tech hater till the day I die. But I was watching that game with two of my friends that are both students at Georgia Tech. And watching them just lose their minds and jump up and down in sheer joy um, made my heart happy because I, I like college football so much that it's always cool to see a, 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 a team pull off an upset, even when I hate that team. Um, it's cool, and it, it does my heart good to see fans getting to be happy for their team. And we all know Georgia Tech fans haven't had much to be happy about lately, last year. 10 years pretty much, or even longer than that. But they, so it was, it was, did my heart good to see Georgia Tech fans get to be happy. Um, but here's the thing they shouldn't have gotten that opportunity to be that happy. That was horrible game management, clock management, coaching decisions by Mario Cristobal. Why you would try to run that ball and not just take a knee is beyond me. Be, I don't understand that there's zero scenario where that makes sense just take the knee let the clock run out boom why would you run a play and okay here's and the other thing even if you do fumble the ball like, even if you do run the play fumble the ball boom okay terrible decision they still have to go 75 yards with less than 30 seconds and this is a Georgia Tech offense that has struggled offensively i say all year but really for the last like five years they've struggled offensively and you give up a 75 you give up a 75 yard touchdown in two plays 75 yard touchdown drive in two plays so it's just horrible and and then miami follows it up the next week i mean they they, they followed up the next week by losing to north carolina now that's not really a knock on miami they are not on the level of North Carolina. North Carolina is a sleeper playoff pick for me. I, mean, I say sleeper. They're undefeated, ranked in the top fifteen, so it's not that big of a sleeper pick. But I, if Florida, if 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 North Carolina and Florida State come into the ACC Championship undefeated, because I, I don't believe they play each other in the regular season, and North, who who are you picking in that game? I I mean I'm. I don't know. I, I would have a hard time picking against UNC, Mac Brown, and Drake May in that game. Uh, I mean, I, I I know Florida State is the higher-ranked team. Um, Jordan Travis is dealing this year. But in an ACC title game like that, if they if they come in undefeated, which it looks like North Carolina is going to do, I haven't seen any reason so far to believe that North Carolina is not going to go undefeated. I I really like North Carolina. I'm not I'm not gonna pick them to go to the playoffs yet, but in this scenario, I'm not sure I could pick against UNC if they're undefeated, playing Florida State who, in, in in the ACC championship. So, but North Carolina j- just p- losing to North Carolina for Miami shouldn't have been the season ender as it turned out being because that should have been your first loss of the season now it's your second loss if it's your first loss you still have a shot at making the you you, you still shot have a shot at making the ACC title game you just have to hope that one of these other teams messes up trips a little now you you, you have to hope that North Carolina loses two games and I don't see that happening. So from Miami, just poor coaching at the end of the Georgia Tech game cost them. Their, ended up costing them their season, um, which is why you, you. It's just a reminder for everybody: like you got to play the whole game, play the whole game, be smart. I know it looks like you. You never. You never think. Oh. Georgia Tech is going to recover the ball and go 75 yards in under 30 seconds, but you got to always play like that could potentially happen, which is why you got to just knee out the ball. Victory formation, take a knee. That's all for me today. Thank you so much for listening. I'm sorry I haven't been here for the last couple of weeks. Um, I hope you all enjoyed just talk, hearing me talk and ramble about college football. And uh, I'm glad to be back. I enjoyed doing this, and uh, we'll see you later.